I'm Laura. And I'm Sasha. Welcome to our podcast. Portals is a show about the strange experience of being human. We're interested in looking at the ways our particular mammal brains see and interact with the world around us. In Portals, we explore the ways we weave loss into life. We'll be talking together and with guests about four main themes, portals, feelings, loss, and trust. We're glad you are here. Welcome. We'd love to have you come look out at the world with us. talk with you today, Laura, about the concept of trust and how it shows up in our lives and how we engage in trust or we don't. I love Brene Brown and she does a lot of work on trust and she has many wonderful quotes, but I'm going to share this one with you. Trust is built in very small moments. That one resonates with me because I think so often in the past, I thought of trust as this kind of huge, like trust is broken. You earned my trust as if it's like a moment as opposed to a process. So I kind of wanted to dig in with you about your experience with trust, your understanding of trust and how it showed up in your life. I'm curious when you have been able to trust and then we're glad you did so. Huh, interesting. For me, it feels like trust is such a basic shape. It's like saying, talk to me about your experience of squares, like cubes. When were times in your life where you were able to really make use of cubes? Mm -hmm. I can think of like mm -hmm. small ways and really big ways. Mm -hmm. It's such a common, it's like such a versatile shape and it's like a mm -hmm. factor in so many different kinds of uh, structures. Because I'm talking to you, it's easy for me to think of times that are about us. And mm -hmm. so like, for example, when we moved in together, that was a time when I and you and, and our families trusted something mm -hmm. rather immaterial. You know, when as 14 year old girls, we were like, hey, what if we all just lived in one big house together? I can imagine plenty of reasons why people would not think that would work, but everyone trusted it and it did. So, and it really did. So that's the time. I don't know what circumstances, per, you know, brought us to that place where maybe it came very naturally to, to both of us, but I, it could have been a scenario where, I mean, I was not in a great housing situation and it took, when I came, and I don't know if we'll want to keep this in here, but we can, um, when I came over to your house and I was, I didn't have hot water in our apartment and I was like, this is kind of weird, but can I take a bath? And you were like, yes. And I trusted you with knowing this thing that could be embarrassing, partly because I really wanted to take a bath, but, and, <laughs> and I didn't want to heat water up on the stove <laughs> to do it. Um, cause it's like this much water and it's just not hot by the time you were in it. It just doesn't work. But, um, you were like, but what I loved was you were like, sure. And you just, you know, I just came over to hang out and took a bath. Like, you know, people do. <laughs> and, um, so I appreciated that That's very so much. Nice. Um, yeah, it was really nice. I think That's so nice. um, there have, yeah, you know, it I don't even remember that. That's delightful. I'm so pleased that that was, that was the thing that happened in our early relationship. Yeah. But you let me take a bath. <laughs> before I ever moved in, so. Mm. There's so many ways to, to worm into this um, 
into this subject because I don't remember doing that, but mm -hmm. I can totally see how you're saying, can I take a bath at your house? Would like that act of trust make me trust you like way more, you know, like, yeah, you can get a bath at my house. Right. Like, and now we- Laying it out there. Yeah, right. You're like, I don't have hot water. <laughs> Yeah. And there's so many layers and I don't know how many of them you were conscious of. Like I, I've lived in houses without when we're, we didn't have hot water and we had to heat the water up on the stove and, and my mother would come with like, cause she's kind with buckets of, mm -hmm. with like pans of hot water while I was not pans, pots of hot water. And it was like nice ish. Also, why does that water get cold so fast? Like water that's uh -huh. heated on the stove. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's hot for a second. <laughs> It's instantly it's like cold. It's like hits the tub and then it's, I don't know. I don't know why. And you're like shivering and it's awful. And, and, but, and you're, and it's particularly <laughs> awful because the reason you embarked upon the bath was because you needed relaxation of some sort. And then there you I are. <laughs> like we lived in one apartment that only had a shower stall, <laughs> it, like a shower stall, you know, like a cute, like a rectangle. And it had, its bottom was like, oh, uh huh. Yeah. This, it was like, I don't know, five inches. It had like a well in the bottom, you know, so the water went over overflow and I would stop up the drain uh -huh. and just fill yeah. the like five inch thing so I had like this much water just sit in it that wasn't fun and take, and take a bath it's not luxurious you don't feel at ease obviously these things not everyone has experienced there are things I certainly haven't experienced that others have and I think so often it's hard uh it feels like um an act of bravery uh, or a risk to share, you, you know, your shower stall, tepid bath in three inches of water or whatever. And, and, and it's not like it comes up all the time and you're just like holding back. Like, I'm sure it just doesn't come up very much, but when it does and when it's relevant, it feels so good to put it out there. And what's so nice is when you do and it's received, mm -hmm. people don't have to know People don't have to have experienced it because I've experienced this with people where they don't, they're not like, yeah, I, I know exactly what that's like, but they can hear me and hold it and maybe share in something of their own, something, and it feels reciprocal and warm. Do you remember whether at that point, like, had we talked about the fact that we were both like startled by living in Belmont because of having never lived in a town like Belmont before? Like, did at that point, like, do you think that you were able to, do you think that that factored into your, your um, comfort in saying, I would like to use your water heater as a source of luxury? Mm. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. I feel like we did talk about it fairly early on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wonder if that's a piece of it. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I was fairly aware, but my awareness. Because hmm. I wonder sometimes about that. Like the truth is mm -hmm. there is a thing about identifying sameness, like identifying, I, you're right. There are people who have not had the same experience who are completely trustworthy, but there is something about identifying sameness that makes it easier. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. had that mm -hmm. in Belmont. Yes. It was really helpful. Yes. And it was really helpful. And I've, I've had that. Um, so when I was uh, around 30, uh, I had um, actually when my daughter was born. So I had, you know, two little kids and I was overwhelmed with kind of the mental load of handling my being a parent myself and the demands of that while uh, my mother was starting to really unravel with mental illness and substance abuse. 
I remember going to the playground to pick up my son who was like four at the time. And, you know, the playground chatter would be like about the weather or about like something going on at the kid's school or, and it was, that's fine. That happens, you know, but then people would turn and be like, and how are you? And I'm like, and I would say, you know, like I dropped my mom back off at the homeless shelter last night and people would be like, I don't know what to say to that, you know, and they would just slowly walk away. Mm -hmm. And I was so alone and I felt a little bit like I tried to just be this integrated whole person who just would just say things like, oh, this is on my mind right now. So I'm going to say it now, even if it's not like appropriate, like the right time, I'm going to just say what I need to say. And I'm going to respect when people do the same to me as best I can. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I started my blog. In doing so, I found a community, uh, all virtual, all via email, really. People came out of the woodwork and I had this, like what I know now about like horizontal kin, like relationships with people who have similar situations. And I felt not, Mm -hmm. I felt less lonely Mm -hmm. and I felt supported. Mm -hmm. And I was able to support them even just in saying like, I'm here too. Yeah. And you're there and I, I get it kind of. And um, mm-hmm. there's something to that. But I think it can happen across different relationships. I've had that with some people and it's been, it's a, maybe a different trust exercise. It feels like there's a thing that can happen where once you have one spot of connection, then it's easier to, is this true? Then it's easier to have others. So maybe. I think so. I mean, because we had, we had not identical circumstances clearly, mm-hmm. but we had this, we did have one spot of connection where we were both, you know, poor is going too far, but we were not wealthy kids living and we were suddenly living in a, a pretty wealthy town. And we were kids with non-standard families living in a town where it seemed like mm-hmm. everybody had a standard family. Mm-hmm. Like everybody had a mom who stayed home and a dad who went to work and like a dog and sweaters that they got at Benetton. So it felt like a connection to to say like, oh, that one, that girl there has a family that's not, I know that she's not, like I know that there's some way in which she is gonna be able to see some parts of me that I feel uncertain about. And she can't judge them because they're the same as some parts of her. Part of her too. Mm -hmm. And not that any of those other people would have judged those parts, but like, you know that it's like, well, you can't. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then I think, because, you know, I don't have a mother with mental illness. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of spots where we weren't the same. You don't have a, you know, a Mexican father who's a cocaine addict. Like Mm -hmm. we have lots of, we have shared spots, but we have many spots that are, Mm -hmm. are not shared. And I think that's also true, was probably mm-hmm. also true for like, for us and some of the people in the houses that looked perfect, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, some, uh, at least a couple of friends from high school um, reached out, not, not people that I'd been, you know, really close with in high school. And uh, I got confirmation of that, that they were like, I hear you. I was going through a really rough thing and we just, you just didn't see it. And yeah. it's so easy to miss. And I think getting over that first hump of, of kind of showing yourself. It's so scary to be like, here I am. And, and here I am is like complicated. And, and it could be judged. Like it could be like, you could choose to make fun of me or judge me or mm-hmm. not want to hang out with me again and whatever, or this could invite more depth. 
and more closeness and more intimacy. And then I will learn a lesson from that. Like I will learn this was worth it and awesome. And I want to do it again, or that was scary and I was rejected and I am not doing that again. Like, obviously Mm -hmm. it depends on if you have anxiety, if you have depression, have social anxiety, you know, I have family members like that and they struggle in a way that I never had to contemplate, which adds a huge burden to this whole exercise. Right. It feels like we were, you and I were very lucky to be in a position where we could trust the world with our more vulnerable parts and have a good chance, like really feel like there was a good chance that we weren't going to be attacked. Um, Partly because we're white people, Mm -hmm. you know, white looking people. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel like it was one of the things that I got from you, that I learned from you in high school, that I learned by watching you, is um, that how remarkable it is that when you can trust people, they become, they sometimes, and not infrequently, respond by being trustworthy. Yeah. When we moved to Belmont, I had this very uh, one-dimensional idea of what that community was like, what it was like to be mm. community. Like I remember just thinking everyone here must be just happy. Mm. Like the houses are so perfect. Is it because it was so different than what you'd been in and it seemed idyllic compared to where you had been? Yes. I think it's because it seemed, it looked so clean. Mm-hmm. It looked so clean. Mm. It was very useful for me to be there for four years in high school and then to go to to go to Vassar and be around people who had a lot of people my age who had a lot of money because um, it just helped me realize like, oh, it's it's, ident- it's identical. Mm-hmm. It's all it's like it's not different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know that at first. Mm-hmm. Before I knew you, this lovely young woman invited me to her house, like because my birthday is at the end of September. So I had just moved to Belmont and I was working so hard on trying to just be right. And um, I was overwhelmed by how right everything was. And, you know, my mother and I moved into the house that, that you and I lived in together with my cousin. Mm-hmm. It was a gorgeous house with two fireplaces. Mm-hmm. And how many bathrooms? Like one full bath and then two half baths, two, three bathrooms, like a pantry. You know, it was I was like, oh, I can I'm going to be able to pass. I'm totally going to be able to pass. And this lovely young woman had a surprise birthday party for me because I was new and she felt she very thoughtfully thought felt like I might be uncomfortable. Like how sweet and kind for a 14 year old to have that thought. And then her parents like Mm. threw me a party at their house, but I would never have trusted her with myself Mm -hmm. because she felt so different and um, so perfect. Like her house was beautiful. I remember her bathroom Mm -hmm. had wallpaper on the ceiling and it was like stars. It was so pretty. And she loved Millie Vanilli. Mm -hmm. Like she, she was just like perfect (laughs) teenager. (laughs) She had bunk bed, a bunk bed in her room, but it was only her room. I love that the person who loves Millie Vanilli is like a perfect teenager. I know the cues that I was using to- Are very specific to a particular era. <laughs> Likes Millie Vanilli. A bunk bed that is all hers. She had those like L.L. Bean sweaters that had the rolly uh-huh. necks, you know, the kind that had the rolly, rolly hems. Oh. So I just wouldn't have been able to trust her. I just, my brain told me not to, not to mm. trust her even though she was signaling trustworthiness all over the place. Um, and I think she probably was full of conflict. And in fact, later I discovered there were mm-hmm. all kinds of really hard things happening in her house. Mm-hmm. But, but she didn't come over and tell me she had no hot water and asked to take a bath because she had hot water. 
And, you know, like, it's funny the way that the signals that let us trust. Yeah. You said that a lot of times a way to get someone to behave in a trustworthy fashion is to trust them. Um, But that's a risk. You know, I think it can, it's actually, we think you have to be trustworthy and then I'll trust you. And this happens so much with our kids. Okay. You're, you're eroding our trust here and we need to Mm -hmm. work on this and da, da, da. And, and especially my teenager will be like, well, just trust Mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, well, I, I, I'm just mm-hmm. supposed to just trust you, even though all evidence points to the fact that right now we have a trust issue. Um, but I think there is something to the risk and the vulnerability, especially in more uh, peer-to-peer relationships mm-hmm. where you are sharing something vulnerably and that elicit can elicit trust because they're like, wow, they trusted me with this. I can trust them. Like I can do this back. There've been a, a few times where people have shared with me too, where like, I'm like so grateful and so honored to be the one that they would share this with. Um, and and I'm, they may share with other people, but just even for me, a hard moment or something that happened in their past. And it feels like, a, mm-hmm. I almost feel like knighted. Yes. Knighted is good. You know, like I dub the trustworthy <laughs> with this information and I will, and I will do anything to rise to the occasion. Cause I'm, I can't, I, I want to be there for you. I want to be the person who's worthy of holding this with you. And then of course I feel like, well, I can give that back to you. I will share what I have. And as I've gotten older, I feel like it's been easier to do that across lines. Like I have children and you don't, but we've been able to really talk about that both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I think that there might've been a time when that would have been hard, where that might've been a barrier or felt like a barrier with our history, maybe not with two people meeting. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. This way, the way where it's just wholesale given or not given. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that for whatever combination of reasons, it was a thing that you did very well in high school. It was interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think at first, cause I feel like I had that kind of trust with my mother. And I feel like my mother has that kind of trust with everybody. It's something I've practiced over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over again Mm -hmm. since then. Like what it feels Mm -hmm. like to just completely hand over trust. Like to just be like, well, Mm -hmm. I am just going to give you trust. Whether or not you've Mm -hmm. earned it, I'm going to give it to you. Because no one feels that they are untrustworthy. There's nobody who's like, let me tell you a little bit about myself. My favorite color is green and I'm untrustworthy. You know, everybody thinks they're trustworthy. So I think when you walk up to someone and you say, I think you're trustworthy. Yes. That's not the same as saying, um, I'm not going to attend to what's going on or I'm going to let you do dangerous things or. Ah, yeah. Like there's nuance to it, but it it actually feels like, it feels like swimming. Mm. It feels like um, practicing swimming, Mm. you know, the way you're like, I'm just going to get into the water. And I I like how it feels. Mm -hmm. I like how it feels. I like how it feels too when you're swimming and you're in the water and it's like fluid, there's a certain, for me, letting go of control Mm -hmm. because it's fluid, literally, (laughs) and it's moving. Mm -hmm. Um, As you were talking about times you've trusted, I thought about one of my most challenging relationships, which was with my mother Mm -hmm. and trusting her, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I, that Mm -hmm. was, that's a whole arc and journey that um, I will just speak to with regard to this very, in a very cursory way. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw that she um, was hurting herself and I couldn't control it, it was very hard 
to walk away and to have healthy boundaries myself, which I worked for a really long time on and finding that balance between being, having boundaries and saying, this is not okay for me. And yet I felt more um, honest and raw and vulnerable in a way with her than I did because I felt like when I just let her come at me and just take everything and by take everything, sometimes that would mean all my emotional energy. Sometimes I would actually get physically sick. Sometimes, I mean, if she would take my money, she would like, there would be all kinds of ways she could take from me. Um, And as a young mom, that was just as anybody that's not okay. But like, (laughs) especially within, I was like, I can't do this. But as I had boundaries, I was actually able to show up with more love and compassion for her and almost trust her with a part of me, the part of me that I could give her. Does that make sense? It was kind of like, I was so like, I couldn't give her the most precious part of me because I was fending off all the stuff. I was like, I can't, you don't attack me, don't attack me. But then when I had a healthy boundary, we actually had some really lovely phone calls when she was in rehab when she was in a halfway house over the years, I would talk to her on the phone and she was sober. And I remember we would just talk about the day and we would talk about kind of what was on our mind. And we'd have conversations like this about whatever. Like, I remember thinking these are beautiful and I'm really showing up. Like, I'm really here. I'm not trying to get her to do something. I'm not, she's not trying to get something from me because we've established I'm not doing that. <laughs> so just stop asking. And, um, but we could just be together and it was actually beautiful. It was like a beautiful spot in the middle of this really, really hard moment. As we were talking, I was thinking about how this for me, trust is obviously it's so tied to me. And, and I think for most of us with vulnerability, and then from there, you can have this really powerful truth where growth is possible, where you can actually find something even in the midst of this chaotic, hard relationship where there's actually a bit of beauty. And it's not, it's, it's both and, it's both hard and beautiful. So when you're talking, I was thinking this, I was thinking in the beginning, you didn't trust the relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, no, I'm going to try it a different way. Okay. It sounds like there was some point at which you decided to trust the relationship with your mom or you were able to trust the relationship with your mother in its entirety. So not not trusting her in the way that is prescribed or like defined by society, but actually trusting that specific relationship and all the things that are in it. So to me, it feels like there's like... um. To trust for you, to trust your relationship with your mother, you needed to trust the part of you that said, get the fuck away. You needed to be able to respond in a trustworthy fashion to that signal. You needed to trust the parts that said, open up your heart and the parts that said, mm-hmm. build a like a spiky wall. And so it's complex, like mm-hmm. trusting We have this very simplistic picture of what trust looks like. So from the outside, someone might imagine that what it would look like for you to trust your mother would be for you to say, come over anytime and feel free to, here's my pin code. I got you keys to my car. Um, But that might be trust in one relationship, but in your relate, like in order to trust that relationship, to deeply, deeply give yourself and actually trust it, you had to be able to trust the things that said, like trust the things that said. Absolutely no don't go here like it's like a landscape like Mm -hmm. if if it was like right like trust the ocean that doesn't mean that you leap into it in the middle of a storm in December naked with combat boots on like that's not trusting the ocean you have to trust the ocean when it's telling you stay away exactly 
Absolutely. And as you were talking, it was crystallizing uh, what this was, was it was not so much trust about how, like so much of the time, like for example, even the terminology I sometimes get into with my kids is like, is like, I trust that you're going to do your homework or whatever. And my trust isn't, shouldn't be about what they're going to do and their outcome. Um, I need to trust that I can handle whatever it is. Um, And that I, if I feel like there's a certain point at which I can't, then I have some boundaries and that it's not going to be healthy for me. So for example, with my mother, Mm -hmm. I had to create healthy boundaries so that I knew I could be there in a way with her and handle it. And um, then I was able to be there. Mm -hmm. And respect who she was and what she was bringing. Yeah. I think I always had this hope that maybe there would be more or a transformation, but I'm grateful for what we did have um, over the years. And especially in those, um, those few conversations towards the end, but um, but yeah, it was, it was more about myself, I, you know, and that's what's so fascinating. I think so often we think, oh, I don't trust people because they're not trustworthy. Right. It's like, I think I don't trust people because I'm afraid of being vulnerable and I'm afraid mm-hmm. of not being able to survive being let down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's reasonable. Like, I think it's possible that you could say, I don't trust, like, I trust the ocean to a certain extent because I grew up around the ocean I have a good sense for when it's, or at least a particular ocean that, that I grew up near. I have a particular, I have a pretty good sense for when it's dangerous and when it's not dangerous. I'm a good swimmer, you know, I, mm-hmm. and so I can trust, so I trust that I can be in it and, and really be in it, you know, and, and let it be what it is, which is powerful, much, much more mm-hmm. powerful than I am and dangerous on a mm-hmm. fundamental level, but also beautiful and nurturing and um Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. mm, good know how to swim you are you have some kind of you have to know who you are like it's it would be foolish to expect the same relationship it would be foolish of me Mm -hmm. to say to you if you didn't know how to swim just trust the ocean trust it jump into it i'm jumping in i'm trusting it you trust it it's not the same you can trust it and say i do trust it and my trust tells you know i that is the description of what that look of what that looks like for me is i am like sitting in my car watching (laughs) watching it from the sideline or i have moved to arizona because I, you know, like, and, and I think that that's right. That feels okay. But, but it's useful to not say because the ocean is untrustworthy. Like, I think it's useful to not put that for me. It's useful to not like the, the people and the circumstances that I don't engage in, engage with, I don't engage with because I don't know how to do it Mm -hmm. in a way that is helpful Mm -hmm. for Mm me. Trust is complicated. It is complicated. Trust is. There's a lot to it. Yeah. I know. And I think we just kind of, in a way, scratched the surface. But it's been really wonderful talking with you about trust today. It's been wonderful talking with you. Thank you to Will Lewis for editing and to Parsa Shanpur for his original scoring. If you would like to learn more about the work we do at the Portland Grief House, you can check us out at griefhouse.org and find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a comment, question, or potential guest you'd like us to consider for a future episode, please reach out to us by email at info at griefhouse.org. Thanks so much for being here. See you next time.